you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. I'm Moses Foss here from the ChrisFossShow.com. The ChrisFossShow.com. It's an acapella, but it's awful. <laughs> At least the operator sings. I think I'm going to see a D from her. She's going to be saying, you can't sing with me. That just doesn't work. It sounds awful. You're offending my trade and business. So uh, I'm sure that will be coming from uh, Fiverr, whoever the hell put it up to us. Uh, so thanks for joining us again, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate it. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to be talking about stuff that, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about health and exercise and all this crazy stuff lately. Uh, but we're going to depart from some of that. We're going to be talking about AI and robotics and all the cool technology stuff. It's going to be like the old days before 2020. When we used to just do Silicon Valley stuff. And so we're going to get into the future the future we don't have sound bites people we can't afford that we can barely afford the opera singers to do the intro uh or me for that matter i mean it, i'm a whole five dollars a day man so uh we, i break the bank just for my talent fee don't it and, and that's what i have to split with my agent too uh so anyway guys we're gonna be talking about it today but as always we have to do the guilt and shaming of the plugs now we have pretty easy guilt and shaming plugs we don't run these stupid commercials i can't stand listening to podcasts that have like these five minute commercials at the beginning you're just like give me to the meat i want to know what's inside this thing before i sign up to your five minutes of ads and we don't do that that's one of the great things so remind that as people when you're further show to your family friends and relatives tell them to go to chris foss um uh, at youtube.com for chess chris Voss, linkedin.com for chess chris Voss. subscribe to the big linkedin newsletter the uh chris Voss one on the tickety talkity and goodreads.com for chess chris Voss. and that's it see wasn't that painless and i do it really fast i, I do it someone said to me one time they were going why do you always do the plugs fast i'm like because everyone kind of knows them and i just have to remind them what they do and you know it's like kind of like that shot when you go in for the flu shot the news just runs up to you and jabs you and runs off you know, that's the way it goes. Or, you know, some, a lot of married guys do that too. Uh, anyways, we have an amazing gentleman on the show and he's going to be talking to us about a really cool product that he has. And, uh, we're going to get into it, down with it and all that stuff. Whatever the cool kids say, uh, these days, Harut Markarian is on the show with us today. He's the founder and CEO of Mark Botics, an assistive robotics company that's reimagining independent living, accessibility for the elderly, and those living with disabilities. Within 15 years, or with 15 years in the aerospace and defense industry under his belt, he has found a new purpose in developing robotics to revolutionize assistive technology in support of all mobility-challenged individuals and their caregivers. After earning a master's in robotics and an executive MBA, he founded Markbotics, where he is setting a new standard for how to provide support, assist, and increase independence for those requiring assistance. A Markbotics works in close partnership with the community to center their needs and experiences. And he hosts the podcast Mobility and the Inclusion and authored a book of the same name. Welcome. Give us your dot coms. Where do you want people to find you on the interwebs? Well, uh, harutmarkarian.com, uh, markbotics.com, 
uh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. Uh, that those are the places that I'm most uh, mostly active in. There you go. And uh, so you've launched this company. Give us a thirty thousand overview in your words of of what it is and what you guys do there. So we're developing assistive robotics, as you mentioned, to kind of redefine how we care for older adults and people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Because there's uh, came to my attention that we have, you know, caregiver burnout shortages, uh, and more and more people are getting older. Right, mm -hmm. the elderly population is actually tremendously increasing. Mm -hmm. The, you know, today I think we spent nearly fifty billion dollars on medical costs related to fall injuries. So uh, we wanted to kind of address that. We want to address the caregiver burnout. And we ultimately want to give these people uh, a better quality of life, right? Yeah. Uh, because we want, to, we want to allow for positive aging and to, for people to age and live their life with dignity. And that's yeah. our goal. There you go. And this hits home for me because my mom, uh, my sister has MS and she's had it since 19, but, uh, over the last, I think it's 10, 15 years, she's been in care center. She's in one now. Um, and, uh, it's a nightmare to try and get not only, you know, the care center people do their jobs. Uh, they staff them so thin now they, they, they just don't do their jobs. Um, and she's, you know, my mother's constantly having to advocate for, uh, the, the you know my sister's care and make sure she gets the maintenance care and then she has a lot of burnout yeah and uh it's hard it's it grinds on her it wears on her she, she sometimes you know doesn't know what's going on with the care center gets calls from my sister has to go up there see what the hell's going on uh you know and and all this sort of good stuff so evidently you guys have, are developing some robotic devices to uh help with this Correct. Uh, so, I mean, the way the way we started this thing is when I experienced the challenges of caring for someone. You know, in my in my uh, situation was was my grandparents. Both of them, mm -hmm. due to old age, become completely dependent on care caregivers. Mm -hmm. And you know, to to hire a professional caregiver if you can find them available, yeah. they're super expensive. They're not affordable. Uh, so. Uh, so we kind of opted <laughs> opted out of that and opted into hiring just anybody who's willing to take the job for a reasonable uh, compensation, wow. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, you know, I saw my my mother, my aunt, and everybody around them, you know, suffer and you know, mm -hmm. give away some of their lives to uh, care for their parents, grandparents, and because we love them, right? And we want them yeah. to provide. They the took best care care. of us too when we were exactly pooping exactly. our diapers. So uh, I realized that there's a huge uh, gap here in, you know, that transition, that when that transition happens from being fully able to take care of yourself, now you're fully dependent on other people to take care of you. So, you know, I can't imagine how that must feel for the individual, let alone be the person who's caring for them. And, you know, there's AARP actually, this is a side note, AARP estimated that the unpaid caregiver market is at six hundred billion dollars. Wow! Think about that. So uh, you know, such as my mom, like me, uh, you know, we're unpaid. We're considered unpaid caregivers. That we uh, sacrifice the things that we have to do. And mm -hmm. when I say sacrifice, I mean it in a nice way because we all have yeah. to work to pay for our, you know, for our bills. Right? To we have to go to work, so we can't be there all the time. So uh, we're having to uh, 
kind of split our time to care for someone. So, you know, that's how it, it started the, the spark kind of, it sparked me into looking into this further. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, okay, how can I help? How can I really add value here and not at a shallow level? Like really, you know, I don't, I didn't want to be one of those people that sits behind a computer and, you know, designs something and puts it out there and shoves the technology down people, people's throat, right? I wanted this to be really uh, valuable and impactful in people's lives. Wow. So that's why I did the book and the podcast. I no mm -hmm. longer do the podcast because I never in a million years, I thought I would ever start a podcast, let alone, you know, deal with the post-production, pre-production. And I'm like, that's not it's for a lot me. of work. You know? Yeah. So, uh, but the reason I did it is because during the pandemic, that was the only way I could interact with my target customers, right? The mm -hmm. people who I was trying to serve. Mm -hmm. And before doing any product, I interviewed over 1000 people between in-person interviews and podcast interviews. Mm -hmm. And from there wrote a book, you know, how robotics could be helpful uh, mm -hmm. in the lives of the elderly people with disabilities, uh, how it can contribute in increasing the quality of their lives. And from all these efforts, you know, we stumbled upon the robotic technology that today we call it grace the ground robotic assistant for care enablement mm -hmm. and we currently focus on four main tasks uh, uh, retrieval communication inspection and infection control and oh, this wow. is based on uh, based on the feedback that we got uh, primarily from assisted living facilities mm -hmm. so does it help like uh, say i need to get a drink across the room or absolutely um i dropped something i need to pick mm -hmm. up Yep. You know, I uh, I know how this works. I I don't I don't know how your product works, but I know how this works for people disabled that trying to get things get things picked up when you're locked into you know these giant wheelchairs. Sometimes yeah. they're locked into, you know, these people don't have a lot of mobile uh, range. Um, you drop something on the floor, you know, something falls off the bed. Um, my mom, my sister's like always looking for a remote. Sometimes you know, she's looking for the call. The nurse called thing yeah, yeah. uh and uh you know and then food maybe brought to them or you know um you know go go pick me up a a, a gang of uh harley davidson people to come hang out with me and have some beers yeah. that sort of thing yeah yeah absolutely so uh you know that's the retrieval part of things right so of course yeah. we're building in other features as well mm -hmm. but uh you know you mentioned wheelchairs, so I have I had a friend who I interviewed, and his his story is on the in the book too. But uh, the book is called Mobility and Inclusion, uh, which I hate the name uh, at this point because inclusion took all sorts of like wrong turns. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> so, so, uh, but uh, you know, the, this guy's name is Eric, and he became a friend. And he came to me one day. He said. Look, man, I was trying to pick up my uh, my phone that I dropped because his dexterity, he had low dexterity, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, he dropped the phone and he tried to grab it and he fell off the wheelchair. Now he can't get back on his wheelchair. He had to mm -hmm. wait for three hours for his caregiver to come and pick him up, you know, give him his phone. So all that can be, you know, it's, it's preventative, right? So we're trying to do that preventative care uh, so people won't have to live that kind of life there you go you quote ralph alder emerson what lies behind you and what lies in front of you pales in comparison to what lies inside you yeah which uh, for me is about 
eight different personalities that all <laughs> fight each other constantly. Yeah. Um, so there you go. I love Ralph Alder Emerson. Great, uh, great stoic. Uh, and so you you you've got the book there. Um, and so with with the 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 robot that you're building, this Grace is a ground robot assistance for care. Enable it. Tell us. Uh, I, I can see some different pictures that you have on Instagram. And uh, uh, tell us kind of what it looks like. What it, it, how tall is it? How big is it? Is it designed to you know, kind of like be the size of a nurse or maybe smaller? Uh, no, it's it's smaller. It's uh, mm -hmm. I mean when it, it has an expandable uh, or extendable, I should say, uh, body, so mm -hmm. to reach higher heights. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, the the tallest it can be is about five feet, and mm -hmm. when the arm is extended, it's over six feet. Oh wow! Uh, so it's considerable, considerable height, uh, and of course we're like at the beginning stages. You, we might, mm -hmm. we might change it based on needs, but that's mm -hmm. how we're going to market. That's our, our initial design. We actually followed universal design principles, uh, and mm -hmm. for those who don't know universal design principles, and in simple ways, is to come up with product or service that can be used by anyone, regardless of their abilities. Right, mm -hmm. that's the, the that's the idea behind universal design. Uh, so, in terms of the bulkiness, uh, we made sure that it can be used in homes. Although our first target customers are going to be the assisted living facilities, mm -hmm. we already have uh, letters of intent from them, uh, and that's because it was it's, it was easier to get into uh, to do a launch for that market uh, versus you know do in home care stuff. Yeah, so. I I know it's important. I know it's important to like people like my mom. I believe you should be able to pass away in your home. Um, in my sister's case, I mean, it takes three people to bathe her, change her, and mm -hmm. and uh, you know lift her. She, she's yeah. pretty much become a dead weight with her um, uh, her MS. Um, and, and at that point, you you have to be in a facility. But I know there's a lot of old people that really would like to you know spend their the final years in their in their home. Absolutely. Uh, no one wants to be in a hospital. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody who's like, gee whiz, I get to be in a hospital when I die. Woo. Let's do that. Um, yeah. uh, you know, it, it being in your home, it just gives you a much more place of comfort. I remember when my father, uh, had the, his last strokes, he did not want to be put into a, uh, into a hospice care or any mm -hmm. sort. He wanted to be home. Yeah. And it was a really big deal for him. And they didn't have any choice on his last one. He had to go to hospice care because they needed, you know, his 24-7 care for him. And it was only going to be for a short time. But he was gone within a, a day or two because I think he was just so brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and not yeah. being able to be near, near the love of his life, his wife, it just it just crushed him. Um, and, you know, so having a bot like this around the home, uh, my mom took care of my sister for as long as she could in the home. Uh, she built the whole, her whole basement uh, so to help my sister out and, and took care of her until she just couldn't lift her anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is really important to people. And so if you could have a device like this, that um, a robot that could help with, you know, someone being at home, uh, even, even an older parent, really, when it comes down to it, huh? They don't really have to be disabled. It could be just someone yeah. who's older and wants some help. Absolutely. You know, my, my neighbor, uh, she was in her maybe early seventies or mm -hmm. mid seventies. I mean, she was, you know, she looked good, uh, but she had a hip replacement surgery. 
Oh, right. Man. And she was a little bit on the heavier side. And one day she was trying to pick up some uh, Amazon box that was delivered to her door. Oh. Right. And she fell and hit her head. Oh, and no. when you're at that age and you experience a fall, you kind of take things to the worst. Right. Uh, yeah. Health wise. And it so, can kill you, too. I mean, exactly. that's usually how a lot of old people, you know, they have a bad fall, break a hip and you're like, yeah. oh, there they yeah so uh, yeah. you know all that can be prevented uh, preventable with this uh, with this robot and that's what we're trying to do and the cool thing about the robot is that it can be remotely uh, operated mm -hmm. so let's say i have some i have one at my grandma's house right now and uh, you know i can remotely log into it see my grandmother talk to oh, her oh wow yeah wow. she can talk back to me and mm -hmm. you know let's say she can't operate the robot I will mm -hmm. be able to operate the robot from here, right? Uh, oh wow! Yeah, so I, we have that technology. We have the, you know, uh, we today actually we filed the, uh, n you know, the non-provisional patent. So mm -hmm. far, it was provisional. Uh, you know, as you as you can imagine, all those uh, you know cost money, right, to do so. Yeah. We were as as a new new startup, we're kind of doing things methodically, so we're mm -hmm. cautious with the way we spend our our, our dollars. Um, so today, actually, we filed we filed the non-provisional patent for all these technologies. Congratulations, man! Thank you. Um, no, this is this is highly needed. According to your website, ten thousand people turn sixty-five every day. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have the big ba baby boomer generation going into retirement. They're going to want to need a care. They've got the money for it. I mean, just some people do. But uh, the older population is the largest consumer of healthcare and the fastest growing segment of the broader consumer market. I'm hoping a lot of them are going to be the people who, uh, you know, create a lot of innovation because their demand and the money and investments we can put into this. Now, you're seeking investors for this. One of the things you're trying to do here today is, is help uh, raise awareness and, and, uh, and reach and find investors to invest in it. Tell us about uh, what you're offering there. That's correct. So, you know, we try to, as much as possible, de-risk the investment. Mm -hmm. And the way we did that, we did, as, as I said, we did the customer discovery. We developed a prototype and tested it with over 300 people. Now we have 200 letters of intents from, you know, people seeking in-home care, 36, 37, I think, from assisted living facilities. Mm -hmm. This is not counting the memory care facilities that we're talking to, the veterans administrations. So all that is in the pipeline as well. Um, and we're seeking right now uh, $2 million. So we're probably mm -hmm. doing on a, um, a, on a safe note. Uh, but we're, you know, we're flexible. At the end of the day, we want to provide value. And we want to be in a situation where both the investor and us are winning by serving these, uh, uh, the target market. There you go. Uh, Kelly has a good question from LinkedIn. Curious to know how the elderly adopt to this type of technology. Uh, she has older family members that she believes would reject this concept because uh, technology bad, maybe. Thanks, Kelly. Uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a good point. Uh, and I had, uh, you know, I should say I had 70, 30, 74, 30 mm -hmm. against, and uh, based on my uh my research and feedback, me talking to people, um, most of them initially, especially in assistant living facilities, they're uh, 
you know, most of them at first they're kind of reserved about it and then they mm. get acquainted with it and kind of the, uh, they see that they're just there to augment their capabilities. That's all they're there to do, nothing mm. more. And we're trying to uh, provide the, we're trying to make the interaction between the human and the robot kind of seamless, uh, easy. So there's, we're, to diminish or 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 reduce that that uh, adaptability or or um, I guess high uh, resistance of adaptability. Um, as it is for for homes, you know we can uh, uh, we can put the controls in your hand. Like Kelly, I, I think I believe the person who was who asked the question. So we mm -hmm. can give you the controls, right? Let's say mm -hmm. they don't uh, they don't want to deal with the robot, but yeah. Kelly can't be there all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So she'd be able to, uh, you know, remotely log into the robot, see them, watch them, as I said, talk mm -hmm. to them, maybe do something for them, you know, remotely in mm -hmm. the house. And, you know, eventually they're going to get used. So once they see that, you know, this is benefiting them and it's allowing them to live more independently. Now they don't have to call Kelly every time, you know, uh, they need something or, or Kelly doesn't need to be worried about their, their parents uh, when, when she's not around, right? Calling them, they're not answering the phone or whatever, whatever the situation may be. She has that peace of mind uh, on one side. And the other side is like, you know, their quality of life is being better. Uh, their independence is improving. Mm -hmm. And I, don't, I, I didn't find a lot of people say no when you tell them you're you're going to be independent with this robot, right? Really? Wow. Yeah. The, that uh, has been my experience, at least. Again, I talked to over 1,000 people uh, between elderly and people with disabilities, mm -hmm. uh, assistant living facilities, and that's that's how kind of uh, the feedback that I've received. Yeah, the the you know I know it's really important to uh, my mom. She's like she wants to be able to do whatever she can and whatever she wants. Yeah. She it's really important for her to um, do that as long as she can. She she really feels it's a loss of freedom if she has to ask other people for help and do stuff. Um, but Absolutely. you know the the one thing I can see coming from this though, it does it talk? I mean, is it like uh, Google? Uh, or uh, uh, Alexis or anything where you can have a conversation with it and ask it for stuff? Uh, it can. That's not what mm -hmm. we're focusing on. Okay. Uh, we're focusing on, you know, me as, as a caregiver, let's say, for, for my grandparent or you for your mom, let's say, right, or your mm -hmm. sister, uh, we can do FaceTime when we're not there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when we're in different locations, we can do FaceTime, like the same, similar to iPhone, Right, uh, so I can see her. She can see me. We can talk. Um, it has that the robot has alerts at this point, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it's not to it's not to a point where it's fully conversational with the individual okay. because such robot already exists, and we didn't want to mimic them. But yeah. we made the robot in a way that third party apps could be downloaded on it. And oh, the, really? Yeah. Okay. So that's part of the patent, actually. That you know, this is a tech, this is a platform that other third-party apps would be able, much like your iPhone, that you can download apps on it and use third-party mm -hmm. apps. You can do the same with this robot. Yeah. One thing I can see is you know a lot of people that are elderly they suffer from loneliness and depression, mm -hmm. and you know sometimes people have pets. 
Uh, some people don't like pets. Um, yep. And this might be a way, you know, that there can be that interaction. And if you can call into it and talk through it, you know, check in uh, throughout the day on your uh, loved one um, and they can hear your voice, uh, you know, and you can see yeah. them, you can see what's going on. They don't, the, the, it takes away the adage of loneliness because loneliness, I think, and depression is a killer too. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's that's a it's, big epidemic, by the way, that we have really? in the United States. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, and so, you know, that makes it so every, you know, much more simpatico. You know, uh, I hate, I hate to kind of grandstand this as, oh, it's all about me and my sister, but I'm just kind of using this example of, of, you know, the problems that you're solving. You know, my, my sister will call my mom. Uh, I haven't been fed today. Uh, I haven't got my shower today. My sister's in dementia from the MS. So we don't know which is what's truth or reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so sometimes my mom just has to drive up there to the facility just to see what's going on, check on her, uh, see if she's really been fed. You know, sometimes she doesn't remember. I mean, she just, she has dementia. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, make sure she's in her bed. Sometimes, you know, they have all these temp workers now that come in and out. Uh, it's a real nightmare. Um, it used to be a lot of the care centers were privately owned by family and you know guys like me who were like hey we'll start a care center and stuff and then these corporations came in and just bought them all yeah. and you know paid a pretty good price for them and the, you know the first thing to do is scale back the employees the services you're like oh where are all the people go I used to work here and uh and then with covid and the fight over um employees where you know everyone's fighting over employees right now yeah um they they have trouble keeping the staff up and so there's constantly these temp workers in and there's kind of a question of how much they care <laughs> there's the gen z workers question of how much they care yeah. uh and it's hard work you know it is hard work. changing adult people's diapers and they're they're demented and and you know they say all sorts of stuff to you because dementia people don't have a filter mm -hmm. um you know is it, it, you have to take it with a grain of salt. My sister said some things to me that I'm just like, okay, well that, that happened and you can't react. You can't get angry with them because they don't understand. It, it's like yeah. a child, yeah. you know? And, uh, but I can see having that video camera, being able to interact. And then, you know, a lot of times my, what my mother's trying to do is she's trying to call the desk at the nurse's desk that, Hey, Hey, did, did she eat today? What's going on? And if that robot could be in her room, is what I'm saying, mm -hmm. and interact with Delena, we could have a record of people coming and going. We could talk to a nurse, maybe this in the hallway, you know, where the bot could go out and the nurse. You know, I can see a lot of applications for this, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and th th again, we we tried to take our bias out of the equation when we were developing this robot, right? Mm -hmm. We so we tried to see if there's a really a need. For such a thing right mm -hmm. uh, we don't want to be you know just someone oh hey we have a cool new shiny toy come look at it right so it's like we uh, part part of it's because we went through that like me i personally went through that i i know the challenges i know the difficulties the whether they're they're monetary difficulties or whether they're uh, physical difficulties or whether they're difficulties related to someone's dignity right mm. Uh, all that plays a role into how this uh, robot is coming together to add value to people's lives. 
I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. I think it's definitely needed. I mean, just just from my use case, I'm just I've been describing, and I know that the the conditions are similar. My sister's been in like seven care centers, and I, there's so much of a need for what you're doing. It's insane, and the the money that Medicare pays for this stuff is insane. Uh, my sister was lucky; she had a whole lot of money from disability, uh, her disability insurance. Uh, for her MS, and so she had pretty much a house, a house uh, a value of a house saved up, and mm-hmm. but I mean, the money that they they spend every month on these before she had to go to uh, Medicare or Medicaid, whichever I never yeah. can tell the difference, um, it was extraordinary. And so there's a lot of money in this in this business to take care of people. And as in a government, we 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 spend the money to take care of people that, um, you know. They, yeah, we, we need to take care of everybody. And uh, uh, so I, I think there's a lot of money into it. So you guys are looking to raise $2 million. Is that correct again? Correct. Yep. Just want to make sure. And then it could come in. You could do multi. Uh, are you guys doing a, a seed round or a, a round or any of that? Venture uh, capital well, stuff or you guys looking for private investors or? Um, right now, I think we're more looking for private investors. Um mm-hmm. Not not VCs a lot. Okay. Uh, I should say that so far the the project was bootstrapped, right? Yeah. All these numbers were bootstrapped. So um, right now we're at a point where okay, we have some market validation, we have product market fit. Uh, so okay, we can we can ask for that first mm-hmm. round of capital. Um, mm-hmm. So and that's that's where we are. There a lot of a lot of uh, VCs have shown interest, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, they always come back and ask me, okay, do, do you have a lead investor? And I'm like, no, I thought you said you lead. We want you to lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, but once, once that conversation happened, they kind of backed out. That has been the, uh, that has been the experience uh, so far, but uh, we're, we're talking to a few people right now. So, uh, you know, hoping for the best uh, and we'll see what happens. There you go. Well, I, I think it's an excellent thing that needs to be done. There's so many different, I mean, it, there's so many different ways that this can be applied. Yeah. You know, people in homes that want to, uh, don't want to go to a hospice care home, um, you know, being able to check in on, on grandma or mom, yeah. dad, whatever, you know, have being able to have that interaction, you know, it's hard taking care of people. You know, I've seen the Ooh. grind that it wears on my mom for hospice care, uh, that there's a whole bag of depression and, uh, losing sleep. You know, she's constantly losing yeah. sleep cause she's worried about what's going on at the care center. And my sister, uh, I went through hospice care with my dog for a year and a half. Being a caretaker grinds you down. It is really hard and you, you almost need to have a caretaker for yourself or a psychologist or somebody that you can kind of go to and talk to issues about because, you know, you see stuff too that's depressing and stark. It's not fun watching someone wind down their life. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, but, uh, anything that can help out in all these different modalities is, would be, uh, incredibly beneficial. Yeah, you know, for us, if we can do one thing that mm-hmm. adds tremendous value to the caregiver and to the individual, mm-hmm. we've already won. If just one thing, we do it perfectly. Do that, one reduces, that reduces uh, either a pain, a cost, or, or, or improves any type of uh, independence in that individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I mean, we're, we're on the right track already. Um, the other thing that I failed to mention, this is also done to... 
reduce caregiver burnout. So because caregiver burnout is a real thing. Oh yeah. Like as of 2022, last year, well, now, almost two years now, uh, we had 77% turnover rate on caregivers. Yeah. So, right. So, uh, you know, people always ask me, so is this replacing the caregivers? I'm like, no, it's not. A, we're not touching patients. So you still need caregivers to touch the patients. Uh, B, why would we want to displace caregivers when there's already a shortage of caregivers? Yeah. We, we need actually more. So we're, we're actually augmenting caregiver capability so that caregiver can forget about the mundane tasks and kind of focus on the human side of care. Because like you mentioned earlier, that human interaction is still needed. Loneliness is a big factor. Yeah. And when someone comes to take care of my grandmother and you know me at one point, I don't want them to come with a frown on their face, you know, come happy to my, you know, yeah. to my aid. So that's really important. So the other part of it that is like, we're trying to work with caregivers to reduce their burnout, their emotional stress, uh, to allow them to render a better, uh, better service. And, he, and if you can have the, the bot do, you know, minor tasks that can help out, I mean, that, that can make all the difference, especially if you're a caregiver center that's, you know, trying to, you know, service so many people once, um, you know, my mother, uh, does a zoom call, does zoom calls with my sister so that they can have a face-to-face -face interaction. I think mm -hmm. that's really important for humans. Yeah. Um, and it actually activates the brain cells, which is important. Uh, and so being able to do that with the bot, see what's going on, you know, would, would really help everybody in the stress of the situation. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure it would make people like Delena and others that we see in the home, um, just feel more, I don't know, more like they have a friend, a buddy, you know, I mean, they can't have dogs or cats at the care centers, yeah. you know, it's, you it's like including them in society, you know, yeah. because a lot of the times they feel isolated. Yeah. So it's kind of like bringing them back in. Definitely. Definitely. Well, what made you interested in this field? What got you into it? What, what got you down this road? You know, uh, so, uh, I, I'm an immigrant, right? I was, uh, I was, when I came here, I was 24, I turned 24 years old here. And at that point, I had already finished three years of college from, you know, in, in Lebanon. Came here, they said, oh, uh, the institution you went to in Lebanon uh, is not accredited, right? They got accreditation a year after I left. Oh, man. So, so, uh, so I had to restart everything. And at, at, the, at that time, I was uh, studying mechanical engineering. Uh -huh. And I was just doing it just to show the diploma to my parents. I'm like, here, you know, you wanted me to get educated. Just here you go. But something really life-changing happened. Uh, the final year, we did a senior, a senior design project. We built a six-foot-tall, fully autonomous robot from scratch. Oh, wow. And we went ahead and won uh, first place at, at the, the Autonomous Uncrewed Vehicle System International Competition. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I received the Distinguished Engineering Project Award from California's Engineers Council. So I'm like, I really love working with robots, you know? Oh, so nice. I immediately went into uh, you know, per pursuing my master's in robotics. At the time, uh, my, my thesis dissertation was to build a stair climbing wheelchair that mimicked, mimicked the uh, uh, spider's legs. Oh, right? really? 
Yeah, so I, I did a scaled prototype added to it, you know, did the design, the programming, uh, you know, everything by myself, basically. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to work with a severely paralyzed person on brain-computer interface technology. Mm-hmm. So the way that works is like you put a helmet on and anything, and you, th- you start thinking of thoughts. And as you think of thoughts, you're kind of sending signals to the motors. In this case, it was a, a motorized wheelchair. So mm-hmm. the wheelchair would be able to, you'd be able to maneuver the wheelchair with your thoughts. Oh, wow. And initially, I was working on it because I'm like, hey, what's, it, it sounds so cool to be able to move things with your mind, right? Yeah. So, uh, so that, that's why I was working on it. But then I, when I worked with this individual, um, and I was, I was sitting on the chair, put a helmet on, trying to think thoughts, and it wasn't as intuitive for me as it was for him. Because mm-hmm. for me... I mean, I'm not on a wheelchair, right? But so it was like, I'm, t- I'm trying to think of thoughts. Okay, for, go forward, go forward. Like, how do you say so the, the, the chair was barely moving, but then he sat on it and we put a helmet on there and uh, he, start, he started like driving, like I'm driving a car, right? I'm like, and I'm, I'm seeing the expression on his face and it's like, he's living in a brand new world, you know? Wow. And, and that was the first time a light bulb went uh, lit up in my head. I said, you know, I really want to do this. I want to build robotics to allow people to live better. There you and go. that was the first time I kind of thought about it. Uh, of course, I was already working in full time in the aerospace and defense industry. Uh, you know, I, I loved my job. Uh, but, you know, this was uh, this was a meaningful a moment in my life that kind of triggered me into thinking about starting my own uh, robotics company to uh, assist people live better. Mm-hmm. And a few years later, uh, as I said, my grandparents due to old age kind of became in that, you know, went through all that challenges with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was studying my MBA at the time and there was a lot of entrepreneurship talks. And uh, I said, okay, this is the time where I kind of, uh, you know, I see the gap, I see the challenges, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think I, I'd be able to to address it. This is the time I, you know, basically incorporated a company and went ahead with it. And that's how it started. Uh, after that, it's, uh, I, I, it's funny, I incorporated the company. And, uh, you know, I received the paper from from the, you know, from the government saying, Oh, you have a company now. And I sat down, I'm like, huh, what do I do now? What do I do now? <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, I need to find me, uh, find find me someone to to mentor me through all of this. Someone who kind of walked in my shoes thirty years ago, right? Uh-huh. Uh And started networking and stuff, and uh, came across this individual whose name is Jeff Hoffman. Uh huh. Um, and he was a keynote speaker at this was one event I was at. And he was talking about everything I was going through, basically, from, from the stage. And as I'm sitting and listening to him, there's maybe five, 600 people in that room. Um, and I'm like, I, I need to talk to him. I got to talk to him, you know, like, uh, but I didn't know how. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just one person out of that 500 in that, in that hall. How do I uh-huh. get his attention? Right. So they... Uh, at the end of his talk, there was a bunch of uh, charities there. And they said, you know, we're going to auction Jeff Hoffman. And, you know, the money that raised is going to go to one of the charities. I'm like, oh, oh there you go. Perfect opportunity. I didn't care yeah. how much it was going to cost me. I'm like, I'm, I want to talk to this guy. 
So long story short, I kind of won the bid, you know, uh, had, you know, one hour lunch turned into a four hour getting to know each other session. Oh. We kind of hit it off, did a mastermind together. And he's, he's my co-founder right now. And he's the former founder of Priceline.com, Ubit.com, Booking.com. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. He, he was one of the people, he's actually the, the person who put the self-checking kiosks at the airport. Oh, uh, wow. So, you know, I needed that person to kind of accelerate my path to mm -hmm. becoming a better entrepreneur versus kind of vacillating and, and misusing other people's money, like investors' money, trying mm -hmm. to learn, right? So yeah. that's, I'm really glad that he's, you know, he's my, he's my partner in this right now because mm -hmm. he's guiding me uh, through a lot of pivotal decision-making stuff that, uh, that I, I wouldn't have known had I gone at it by, my, by myself. There you go. And, you know, it's important to have a strong business partner like that because you don't want to make all those mistakes that people, new entrepreneurs make, especially when you're trying to get, you know, something yeah. that needs investments and something that needs development money off the ground. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's you're a long ways from profitability and you really focus on, on building the product out, yeah. getting pro proving it's uh it's a uh, it's viability and and uh, marketability, but mm -hmm. I think you're on the right track. Like I like I've been talking about my experiences and the my experiences I've been talking about are some I see with all of the people in the care centers. You know, Delaney's been about five or seven care centers yeah. over the years, and you know, some she's had to kind of amp through certain care, and some some facilities are better than others by by long uh, shots, and. Um, uh, but I see with all the different people, when I go there, um, there's so many people there that look just depressed, that just look yeah. alone. Um, you know, sadly, these centers end up being a dumping ground for, for old people, you know, and, and yeah. uh, I'm always I'm always overjoyed when I see families there come and visit. But, you know, you don't. And we we all have busy you know busy times to you know chase our lives and try and make yeah. a buck or two, um, and being able to you know do the calling thing or, or check on people or help out, I, I think just can can add the value of life, length of life, a whole lot more. Can I get one that uh, just uh, about every day or so just reminds them, hey, don't forget to put me in your will. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, just kidding there you go as yeah. jokes people don't get all yeah. upset don't worry <laughs> me. uh don't send hate mail uh so uh give us your final thoughts as we go out mark pitch to people and your.com so people can find you on the interwebs yeah so uh markbotics.com that's really markbotics.com is all you need to know uh from there you can go to all my social links um we also won the Global Innovation Challenge, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Uh, oh, wow. A couple of months ago, uh, out of 300 companies that applied, nice. we were in the last 12, or last 12 and we mm -hmm. ended up in one of the six positions, I think, that you know was awarded the Global Innovation Challenge. And we were the only one like in the space of robotics for assistive robotics, I should say. Oh, so. Wow. That was another achievement. In terms of final thoughts, um, you know, um, we're I'm we're genuinely trying to add value here. You know, there's a mm -hmm. massive gap, um, and if you know people people resonate with this, um, you know, we 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 welcome their their support, uh, whether that's monetary or just intro introductions. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, if. Other than that, uh, I, I leave you with a quote that I love. 
mm-hmm. um, and which says God's gift to us is more power, is more talent and ability than we can use in our lifetime. And our gift to God would be to develop as much of that talent and ability as we can in this lifetime. There you go. Well, it's been wonderful, inspiring to have you on. Thank you very much. And yeah, anything you can do to make this world better, especially for people that are relying on us to, you know, take care of them. They took care of us in our early years. They put up with all of our stupidness and our poopy diapers and our crying and they rocked us to sleep. And, you know, we, we, I, in my, in my mind, we kind of owe, uh, Absolutely. These, these folks, not only a debt of humanity, but, you know, they took care of our stupid dummies when we were being, you know, stupid dummies. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I hate this sort of culture that we have that kind of throws away old people and and uh, doesn't seem to give them the respect that they deserve and the yeah. wisdom. And so many of them, you know, maybe their bodies are kind of old, but their minds are still fairly right. sharp and stuff. And, you know, it's so hard you know, I, I, I look at my grandparents when they got isolated in their in their older years. It was so hard on them. Um, and they missed, you know, human interaction and, and, and being around people so much. So this is so important. Thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And uh, thanks to our audience for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, uh, goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss. I think I said that. And uh, Chris Foss wanted TikTok. You guys know the drill. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.